Smartcast. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. What's going on, everybody? Let's go ahead and jump into it. Welcome to another episode of Ringside with Ray and Prince. We have a phenomenal guest today. We got Mr. Willie Whitehead, one of the greatest walk-ons in Auburn history, uh, NFL legend, and all-around great guy that's doing amazing work. So, Mr. Willie Whitehead, welcome to the show, sir. Thank you, Ray. Thank you for having me. Thank you, Prince. Yeah. Willie, what's going oh, on, big dog? It's so good to see you, man. That that big bright smile, man. It's a beautiful, beautiful day, beautiful morning. You, you know, you know, we don't mess around on here, Prince. So we, we want to ask you, ask you, Willie. Like, tell us a little bit about your background, where you came from. We always want to know where our, our guests, you know, came from, what their upbringing was. That's kind of like first thing we talk about. Okay, well, um, I'm from a small town, uh, uh, Tuskegee, Alabama. It's really a, a historic town, you know, with the um, uh, Tuskegee Airmen and and, and uh, Lionel Richie, the Commodores. Yeah, it's, it's got a, a long history. And so uh, I, I come from a, a middle-class family. Uh, my father was a, uh, a first sergeant in, in the Army. And so uh, my mom worked at the uh, Veterans Hospital. And so my uh, my upbringing was was pretty structured, you know. It it, it was a lot of discipline. <laughs> uh, my pops, he was like six five, two sixty, you know, broad shoulders, you know, like I, you know, I rather get get you know get talked by the police than my pops. So he was with with, with a commanding force, hey, you know. So yeah, he didn't play, but he 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 made sure that whatever dream I had. What I what I wanted to accomplish, that I stuck to it. You know, hundred percent. I didn't give up. You got one of them Joe Jackson daddies. <laughs> you know, he he, he well, wasn't quite like Joe Jackson. You know, he he was he was disciplined. He showed a lot of you know, but it was a lot of love, man. And uh, he taught me, you know, just a lot about how to relate with people, relate to people, and you know, just how to handle myself. And uh, you know, he he really, like I say, he 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 really looked out for me, but. Um, it was like I said, yeah, he didn't play. It was it was a lot of discipline. If it's something that you you decide you're going to do, you're going to stick with it. You're going to see it through the end. And man, oh, yeah. my dad, I mean, my dad, he was African, so he just had a different mentality, mindset. So, you know, we had we had three different levels of discipline. We had a professional boxer uh, who who was extremely disciplined, and he disciplined his kid. You know, we had a, a sergeant. Uh, and he disciplined his kid right from the military. Then we had this African father who 
My dad did not play every single Saturday. I had to clean up the house. You, you, you will clean up this house. If you don't clean up this house, I will clean you up. And so, <laughs> you know, I knew I had to come correct. I mean, in the morning time, instead of waking me up with a alarm clock here, just come on and flick on the lights and then take the covers, rip the covers off of me, man. And I had to get up. So I had to commit to the process, too, and see it through. So we can all attest to this, man. <laughs> I think we all understand a, a level of discipline that our fathers instilled in us, man. So yeah, that's beautiful, man. Military. It, it's never easy when you're military kids. You got to go, you know, you travel with the family as they move back and forth to different spaces sometimes. So, you know, being in that space and being in Alabama, Tuskegee, that's, that's a small town. How did you uh, find your love uh, of sports and football? Oh, well, it really uh, started in elementary school uh, when I was I was kind of like a nerd kid. I wore glasses, I had a pocket protector, the shy kid. And so uh, I didn't uh, I wanted to fit in, you know, with the other you know kids in the class. And uh, I, I just yeah, I, I found um, I found a way through football because one of the kids that was playing football in Little League, you know, all the kids were gravitating to. So I said, man, I, I, I want to get that attention too. So it was about getting that love and attention. So I decided to try out for the Little League football team. And I couldn't put really one foot, you know, in front of the other. I, you know, wasn't, wasn't coordinated at all, but I just followed whatever the coach told me. I just knew about discipline. So I was like, okay, coach, you know, like what, what else can I do? You know, how can I, how can I get better? He said, well, son, you need to do this, this, this. Okay, I'm going to do it. So I would, I would, I would work after practice. And I would just keep working on it until I got it right. So I got to get it right because I want to be in with the, you know, I, I want to be, you know, accepted too. You know, I want to get that attention too. I'm tired of, I'm tired of being picked on and being the nerd. So <laughs> I end up <laughs> playing little league and, uh, and uh, you know, it started getting a little better in high school. It started lifting weights and getting strong. And I really just got honed in and got really disciplined. And uh, come, you know, high school, I really built myself in, into this player. I started, you know, developing the muscles and building, started getting, you know, really and coming out of my shell and getting um, getting more attention. So, you know, those kids that, that were, you know, picking on me, you know, in elementary, they started to change their tune. Like, oh, man, okay, Willie, da, 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 you know. It was crazy, man. I'll I, I, be honest with you, I walked on at Auburn, right? I walked on to the Auburn football team. At uh, 185, I was like 6'2", 185. And um, when I uh, was crazy, I left Auburn. I was 6'3", 268. Watch out now. <laughs> <laughs> hey, hey, so, Willie, so one, one of the things I want to say to you is that uh, me growing up, what separated me from my competition was my ability to apply the knowledge that I that I received, you know, from a trusted source. And it seems like you was in the same path because when it comes to applying the information that you receive, it seemed like it separated you from being a walk-on to now becoming a scholarship player and and earning the respect of your teammates, man. So tell us how, how did that journey transpire and, and how did you earn that scholarship through hard work and dedication? Oh, great question, Prince. And but really, uh, I, I tried to find any little thing that I could in order to uh, make it. And also, I had, you know, great men that supported me. My, my high school coach, you know, my father, you know, that, that would uh, give me some little tips. So really, they just told me just, you know, just work hard. 
you know, listen, listen to what the coaches are, are, are telling you, follow that and just and do what they ask you to do and just continue to work hard. You got to outwork, you know, every, you know, everybody that's in there. So I did that. I said, okay, okay, whatever it takes. So I would put in extra work after practice. I saw this other technique that this guy used. I saw on um, TV. I think he was like a, a, a life coach or something like that. Big time. guy. So I ended up writing out my goals. I said, okay, I need to write out my goals. I wrote out my goals um, of, okay, I need to make the Auburn football team. So I put that on, on, uh, on a piece of paper and then I wrote, wrote down three action steps. And he said, make them small, small action steps that, that you can do commit to every day to, to help you reach that goal. And sometimes those action steps would change. But see, when it was small, it was easier for me to commit to them. It was just 15 minutes every day working on this particular technique. You know, 15 minutes every day or 20 minutes, you know, watching extra film. So I did that. And I put it somewhere. I knew I would see it every day, the refrigerator door, because I stayed in and out of the refrigerator. So <laughs> protein shakes and I had to get my weight up. So they, I'm, I'm constantly eating and drinking stuff. So, I, you know, before I leave out the door, you know, right before I go to sleep, I'm looking at that goal. I'm looking at those steps. When I leave out the door, I'm looking at that goal. I'm looking at those steps. And so it conditioned me, conditioned my mind to do the small things. And the small things grew into, into bigger things. And I ended up um, earning a scholarship after my second year as a walk-on. And um, because at that time, a walk, being a walk-on, you we had to walk from the stadium, you know, fully dressed. We couldn't, you know, couldn't do what the other players did. So I earned a scholarship after my um, second year because, like I said, I was putting in extra work, you know, doing all those things, how to practice, um, uh, practice team. You know, I was going full speed. And, you know, some of the starters, the, 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 the upper class, you know, they wanted to you know, knock my, you know, knock my head off like Willie, stop. Like you, you better, boy, you doing too much. I was like, I gotta make this team out. I'm sorry. I gotta do it. You know, I was scared. You know, like, hey, I don't care. I got I gotta make this happen, man. So I'm coming. I'm coming. <laughs> so uh and the coach said, we gotta put you on the team, son. Like you, yeah, we gotta put you somewhere. So from that, I end up, you know, um taking taking the starting position, making, you know, all conference, all SEC. And, uh, you know, being one of the top players and uh, and then getting the opportunity to to uh, to get drafted in the NFL. You know, uh, you know, coming out of high school, like Prince, you know, saying the same thing. How, how do these schools overlook somebody that becomes this kind of talent? Oh, yeah. 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 Ray. Um, and it's, it, it happens a lot, uh, especially when you have schools that are not winning any games and they don't have. Even if they have uh, marquee players, sometimes if they don't, if they're not winning any games, then a coach they're not on really on the coach's radar, a lot of times. So it's a lot of kids that fall under the radar because of that very situation. And I was one of them, you know. And I'm saying I, I was like the the five star player top. I mean, I was I was good, really good, but. You know, our, our team, we may have won like one game or two games <laughs> out of two or three years. Our last our last season, we broke even, like, I think like five and five or something like that. I think it was one player that got a scholarship. Yeah, he did to, to Alabama State. And then I uh, I didn't get any offers. I, I thought I was even getting offered by Tuskegee. I, that didn't happen. So I said, I, you know, I just walk, I, I walk on the Auburn because my pops took me to a game when I was 10 years old to the stadium. And as a kid, 
when I was sitting in that stadium, I told myself, I'm going to be one of those players one day on that, on that. Cause I was so blown away. I said, I'm going to be one of those players one day. And so I, I told myself, no matter what, I'm going to do everything I can to make that happen. So I said, I'll walk on. I don't care. You know, man, I have to stop you right there because you just dropped so many jewels. One, a jewel of manifestation to a jewel of desire and making your reality become real. And you, you mentioned about the work ethic and the work that you put in doing the extra, doing what other players would not do or commit to. And the coaches had to come to an agreement that, man, this dude wanted more than the scholarship players. And we have to put him on this team because he is the heartbeat of the team. And <laughs> you, you start to, you, you really, you start to change everyone's mind and heart and they start believing in you because you believe in yourself first. And for all of the listeners, like that's what it takes. All it takes is one person to believe in you. And that one person is yourself, not somebody else. See, when, when people hear that, they say, uh, all it takes is one person to believe in you. And they think that you have to prove something to the coach. No, you have to prove something to yourself. And that is what separates you from being good to great. So you play, you played at Auburn, you all SEC, all conference. And then now you have dreams of playing in the NFL. Uh, how did that, how did that journey begin? That's a long journey. So I, uh, I didn't get drafted. Uh, I, I was a free agent player. I was waiting around the draft, you know, it was like the third day. And then um, my agent, called me and uh, told me I had a, a free agent deal with the 49ers. And um, it was, I know I, I had a girlfriend at the time, somebody like, why don't you try to, you know, just go get a get a job where I leave it alone. And then we ended up breaking up and I just, you know, I um, I, um, I pursued the, the free agent deal. And what's funny is that I didn't even get it. I, I went through camp and uh, <laughs> I went through camp and I, you know, Jerry Rice, there was different places. I went through camp. I, didn't, I I came back home. I didn't get invited to training camp. I got a letter in the mail. Uh, it was my brother's house, a letter in the mail saying, I'm sorry, sorry, to, but you're not invited to training camp. So, man, I was crushed. I went to the local, the, you know, liquor store, and get turned over. I was, I was messed up, man. But then I, uh, I called my agent. I said, well, look, just find, I, I need to find somewhere to play. Can you find, you know, I need to find somewhere. So, he he uh, got me to the to the Canadian league. It was a US a US team and uh, a Canadian team that was in the US called the Baltimore Stallions. And so I I got on the team with them, and but I didn't because I think it's a ratio of US Canadian players. It's it's weird. I didn't I didn't make the team. I was on practice squad. So practice squad was paying like two hundred some dollars every you know a week. So I'm I'm eating buffets and McDonald's. I'm trying to make the money stretch. That I mean, set the hotel, and uh, but we we did go to we did win the championship. I got ended up getting a Grey Cup ring out of it, a Canadian uh, championship ring out of it. But uh, after that season, the team moved to uh to uh, Montreal, um, Canada, Montreal Alouettes. So I ended up um, going over there to Montreal. I'm doing well in camp, you know. I'm 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 putting in extra work before and after practice, following the same process that I did in college, right? And even even seeing myself uh, uh, playing, you know, um, during the games and visualizing myself playing, feeling it, you know, and starting to to from things that I learned, embodying that person, like I am that guy, you know, I am that star player. Man, I 
I end up uh, um, not making that team and getting on. Uh, they they want to put me on practice squad again. And after all the positive feedback and putting in all the hard work from the coach and the players, because they talk about the ratio between Canadian and U.S. players, I said, man, look, I'm out, right? Like, send me home. I went back home to Tuskegee, uh, got a job, you know, uh, being the greeter at, at, at Victory Lane at the, at the dog track, you know, greeting people at the door, you know, making minimum wage. And... Uh, but I was, I was, it wasn't enough for me. I was crushed because, you know, I, I still had that dream and I didn't, I couldn't let it go. And I didn't want to, you know, like let people down. So I called my agent up. I said, man, look, find me somewhere to play. I don't care. I, I just want to play ball. So he, he got me a, uh, a deal with the Hamilton Ticats of the CFL. And I went up there. At this time, I'm in a whole nother mindset, right? Because I'm so pissed off that, I'm, I'm, I'm doing good on the field, showing all this, uh, you know, this promise, but, you know, coming up short. So I turned it up a whole nother level as far as my, my intensity, my visualizations, my work. Like I didn't, I didn't, I, I, I was, I didn't make any, you know, I wasn't trying to make any friends. I didn't really hang out much. I was like, look, no, I'm on a mission. I didn't talk much. Like, man, what's wrong with Willie? Don't, don't say much. I'm just like, look, I'm, 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 I'm in a whole nother zone. I don't care. So I'm 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 taking I'm taking prisoners, right? So on the field, I end I ended up really playing well. I ended up making the team, and was crazy. I ended up making CFL All Star. I was second in the league in sacks. I had like 13 sacks, second in the league in sacks as a stand up outside linebacker, and it was crazy. Like I was I was in such a a zone that even the, the team that the the general manager and the, you know the coach that released me um, the year before with Montreal. When, when whenever we would play them, I would I, I would have like a vengeance for me. So I would sack the quarterback and I'd go to the sideline and I'd be like, you know, you know, cussing at him and go over the bird, like, yeah, 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 I'm gonna do it again. I'm gonna do it again. All day, all day, right? So they were just like, man, this dude is on is, is on another level now, something else. When you get overlooked and you have to, you know, continuously earn it, continuously prove yourself. Sometimes we get a chip on our shoulder. And be like, all right, hey, as soon as I get that opportunity, y'all gonna feel the pain. All the stress I had, you gonna feel it. Right, right. <laughs> all that McDonald's, all that buffet, all them ramen noodles. Oh, I'm gonna show you. <laughs> right, right. <laughs> yeah, man. So, so what was crazy? So uh, after after Hamilton, right after after the Thai Cats. Um, I got um, that. That allowed me to get a, um, a a deal with the Detroit Lions. So I'm like, man, I'm thinking in my mind, like I finally made it. Okay, so I, I go up to Pontiac. And I have cousins that stayed there, but I don't really have any money right at this point because practice squad and all that. So my cousins uh, sold me their. Um, There's a Geo Metro for a dollar. It was a broke down blue Geo Metro. It was like a little Hyundai, like a little small car, and I'm big, so I'm I'm, I'm squeezing the little car and the. the <laughs> yeah, yeah, big dude squeezing a little car. The door's about to fall off the hinges. I'm driving down the highway like that with the door about to fall off the hinges to get going to uh, Pontiac, and I'm 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 pulling I'm pulling uh, beside like Mercedes and Ferraris and stuff like that. And guys are clowning me when I get out. You know, I'm 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 crawling up out that Geo Metro. You know, I was just like it was humili- you know humiliating, but I was like, man, I don't care. Like you know, whatever. I got to make this team, so I got to eat. So. 
I'm out there. It was guys like, you know, I know uh, Bear Sanders on the team. He was, a, he was a veteran, you know, like he was way, you know, veteran at the time of a long a number of years. And uh, Luther Ellis, guys like that. So I'm out there playing and doing well and, um, you know, getting positive feedback from the coaches and players like, man, Willie, you know, Trey, if you're going to make this team, you're going to be that guy. So I'm not thinking anything else about it. Bobby Ross is the head coach from Georgia Tech. And um, it comes the last day cut day, right? The last cut day. That's what I'm thinking, like, man, I'm good. You know, I I, I know I'm I'm on I'm in the rotation. And uh they got the Grim Reaper. And I always gotta make the Grim Reaper ugly. I don't know what the Grim Reaper gotta be ugly to do. But he comes looking at that and uh he called and said, he's like Willie Whitehead. I'm like, what? And so I'm looking around saying he talking calling me. He said, Willie Whitehead. I'm like, come on, man. He said, uh, coach wanna see you bring your playbook. So man, that was a that was a long walk up them steps, man. Well, longest walk. I walk up the steps and Bobby Ross is like, hey Willie, you know, we really like you, but you know, we had to go in a different direction, had to bring a a a, a veteran defensive end in and you know, you did a great job and you know, we, we you know, we wish you the best, blah, 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 blah. So I'm like, okay, coach, you know. For the people that do not know about football, it's a number, it's a numbers games inside of a numbers game, right? So you were competing for your position, right? Which is already a numbers game, but then it just depends on what the team needs at the time. So if the team needs somebody that doesn't play in your position and they need to cut somebody on the roster spot, then they they're gonna go for for somebody like yourself. And so that's what happened for for the listeners. I want you to understand. What he's what he has to face. That's why this is a numbers game. Not only was he competing for his position, but he was also competing for a position on the team because they can only have what's well, a fifty-three man roster, right? So they can only have so many. Yeah, maybe go be back in the get back in the Geo Metro, man. <laughs> Got a lonely drive back to my cousin's house. You know, <laughs> the Geo wasn't couldn't go but so fast. You know, so I'm just like. Making sure that I, I take my time going down the highway. I'm trying to hold on to the door so it doesn't fall off while I'm going down the highway. You know, so uh, for, for you know, at that point, I was just like, man, maybe, maybe you know, I'm, 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 you know, maybe this isn't for me. Maybe I'm tripping. Maybe I need to just give up. You know, at that point. And so uh, my agent told me, uh, well, you know, Willie, you know, you go back to Canada, finish up the season there. And uh, they, they, they want to bring in to finish up the season. So I went in going, went there, finished up the season. We ended up going to play in the playoff game. And then he called me again and said, Willie, look, we have a, I, I got a workout for you with the New Orleans Saints. And so, I mean, I wasn't really that excited. I was just like, yeah, okay, that's cool, you know. But I was so used to the disappointment. But and I was like, you know, I'm going to give it everything I got. You know, see how it goes. I'm not going to, you know, I, I can't quit at this point. So I worked out for the Saints. Uh, and uh, it was Jack Del Rio was the linebacker was uh well uh, Jack Del Rio was the uh one of the coaches and then uh, Ricky Jackson they worked me out and uh, they they were really impressed you know with with my workout and um, they sent me they they signed me to a two year deal but they they sent me over to Europe NFL Europe to get trained so I played I was with the Frankfurt Galaxy went there got an injury um, halfway through the season and I ended up broke my foot ended up going back to New Orleans and healed up. And what's was crazy how God worked out because I was still visualizing, I was still doing all those things, the goals and everything, right? Something crazy happened. So the starter at the time, he ended up having an injury. And so he was out for the season. And so they needed to bring somebody up 
you know, to they they need to adjust the roster and you know bring guys up and you know they I was I, I end up healing up and doing well during the preseason. So uh, come final cut day, my name doesn't get called, and that's it. And so I, I made the team. I'm like, man. And so I was in the I was in the rotation. I was in the playing rotation my first year. Ended up having like seven sacks, and you know I was I was doing it. And from there, it just went on to you know a whole a eight year career and you know NFL awards. Yeah, it was it was yeah it was it was great. It was it was awesome. So what, what he said, I ain't letting this go. Like y'all yeah, yeah, y'all y'all have messed around and left me on the team. <laughs> I'm gonna be right, here. right. <laughs> so, so what was that like? That emotion when you first got when you when you knew you actually made the roster because you had been working all this time. You know, having calls to be where you wanted to be, and finally to get to that space of like, okay, I finally made it. Man, Ray, I'm gonna tell you, it, it was phenomenal, and that 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 feeling was second to you know my, you know like my my child being born. Man, that that it was it was a phenomenal feeling because of everything that I went through. You know, it would have felt maybe not felt as deep. If I would have come out of college and gotten drafted like that, drafted and made the team, but to go through all the hardships, all the disappointments, and you know, even kind of struggles and the cheap motels and the buffets and trying to make you know ends meet and broke and all that stuff to get to that point, man, it, it hit me deep. It really hit me deep. So it was like an overwhelming feeling, you know. I, it was, yeah, and I, I I didn't take it for granted. I did. I still, you know, I stayed, I continued to work hard, stayed humble. You know, I didn't like go out and really, I didn't buy a lot of expensive stuff. You know, I was, I was just, you know, just like really zoned in. I was, I was, I, yeah, I wasn't really caught up in all that anyway, but I just like to go eat. You know, I like, you know, if I, <laughs> it's all I can, I can go eat at some good restaurants and my bills pay, I'm good, man. I just want to go eat, you know, eat some good meals. New Orleans can get you mad. You got to real estate discipline. No one's gonna get you in trouble. But weight wise, man, you, a lot of guys, boy, they they, they have some problems. <laughs> hey, you can ask Zion and Williamson, right? <laughs> man, man, they can man, yeah, keep weight, man. You gotta stay disciplined, New Orleans, man. Golly. Yeah. The, the etouffee, the beignets, the gumbo. Oh man, and then how they talk to you too. Hey, baby, you want some more food? You be like, yeah, I do. <laughs> Man, that's so amazing. That's beautiful, man. So you played eight years in the NFL after playing how many years in, in the other leagues, the CFL and the, and, and the European League? How many years oh, did you play? Oh, but the European League was like half the season, so like five games. And um, Canada was probably like two and a half years. That's a lot, man. So basically you put in like 11 years. That's what yeah. you're saying. Yeah, you put in, so so let's just say that you play 11 years uh, in the NFL or just play 11 years of, of professional sports. How was that transition out of that? What was your last season like? And then how did you transition into your next career, into your next life, man? Did you go through a struggle? I know I went through a struggle because you put in all of that hard work. You have all of these skills. And something that you mentioned earlier was conditioning yourself. So you're conditioned to do things a certain way. So how did you uncondition yourself and get to where you are today? Uh, Prince, yeah, that's a great question, man. I'm not going to lie. It was hard. 
it, it was a real transition. Uh, my my the last year uh, of my uh, of my career uh, with the Saints, it brought in some new coaches, and um, I, I I was kind of blindsided because I thought I was going to uh, still be on the team. I was going to be that guy. I I just this I was just going into my second year of a brand new contract. You know, millions of dollars, brand new contract, just my second year, and you know we just come off you know one of the greatest uh, seasons in Saints history going to the NFC Championship games. I'm not thinking. I'm like, man, I'm a starting, you know, defensive tackle. I'm good, right? Man, I think beginning too because of my age. Because I came into the league at like 25, so you know, I, I was 33 at the time. So it's kind of a little blindsided. And um, uh, they, uh, you know, like you said, it's, it was it was a numbers game. I got released. Um, I still try to. I called my agent, try to get me somewhere. He couldn't, you know, get me somewhere to play. I fired him, got another agent, and he. <laughs> I'm like, man, I, I, I'm a football player. I, I don't, I don't, I don't know anything. You know, I, that's who I am, man. That's my identity. I, 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 I don't know anything else. That's who I am. So he ended up. I ended up getting a, a workout with the New England Patriots, and um, I, that that went well. But because uh, being a veteran, they had to pay me so much money, and they got two players for me. So it's like, no, nah, we, you know, they, they, they decided not to, not to sign me. And so I was really crushed. I was like, man, how, how pay, play for, 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 for the rookie minimum, man. I just want to play. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> I just want to be on the team. But I, I, I was, I had a townhouse in, um, in Atlanta. I had my offseason home. And so I was back there, you know, down there and, I remember times, you know, I was just like, you know, depressed and, you know, on the floor and just like, uh, you know, just really, just, just really racking my brain, man. I, you know, I had thoughts of suicide and like thinking like, okay. And then I end up getting married, you know, in the lady getting married to thinking, you know, that's, that was going to kind of help me, you know, kind of shift off and get some type of identity. Uh but I still, I still was, you know, was going through it. I had a point where I was trying to figure out, you know, how how could I make it look like an accident, you know, really kill myself and make it, you know, look like an accident. So, so you know, like, so my uh, my 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 kid and you know my wife can get the money, get insurance money, you know, because you know they don't pay for suicide. So, that I was going through, man. Um, and it was it was one moment when I was walking. We had a little. Uh, she had a little poodle, little white poodle, right? So I, I was the task of walking around the neighborhood. I was like, man, come on, man, for real. <laughs> so I walk, I walk the poodle around, you know, around the neighborhood. And then when I get to the top, <laughs> right before I get to the top, <laughs> I'm like, man, for real. I don't, nobody sees me walking this little poodle around. So once I get, once I, once I get, almost get to the townhouse, man. Uh, I have like a spiritual experience, right? So I a voice tell me uh, it's just just as clear as day. Like you know, the, the person's like right next to me, you know, in my head say um, uh, like for me to get the found get get my foundation together. I had a nonprofit like work on the foundation, Lord. I will you know do great and mighty things to you. you know, I have been give give to you, you know, great and mighty things to you. I was like, what? How what the hell? And it was so clear. Whoa. So when I got back home, I started going back, you know, like really working with my foundation that, you know, I, you know, I, I kind of put in a back burner working with the kids. And that led to me, you know, getting into speaking and 
and um and um you know doing speaking engagements and and getting into the training and I start back you know through the foundation like uh starting a training business working with the kids and and going on to teaching them a lot of the techniques that I use that helped me get there as far as which I'm even incorporating you know, I'm, I'm using with them now as far as the breathing techniques the visualization techniques um just just to to take them to a to a to a higher level you know, it's an evolution of, of an athlete to where it's more than just the physical. You know, it's, it's the mental, it's the, the spiritual aspect of it. That you know, they'll take them to a higher level. So the mental, you know, so I had them go through those different exercises and as along with the physical. And I, and I saw them really get get greater results, you know, really get great results. Guys that, that are trained, they started, their, you know, their first year in college. And you know they were playing great, but they were able to to really stay focused and and uh, kind of avoid a lot of the the, the mishaps and the obstacles that uh, some other guys might have got tripped up on. So, man, that's 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 fantastic. And the, the, the work and your journey and the whole transition is inspiring. And so, you know, that's what we do here on Ringside. We educate, entertain you. And you know, making sure that you're empowered for, for everything that you do. And, uh, we appreciate you being in the guest of the show, sharing your story. Um, I, I think it's just going to help a lot of people. You know, exp- especially we might even get Geo Metro as a sponsor coming down the line. And <laughs> <laughs> hey, they, they don't they they even make Geo Metros anymore. I think they they done. <laughs> you got a big guy in a Geo Metro and a big guy with a with a little poodle. Hey right, man, <laughs> no, right. what's up with you with these little things, man? You know those things may be small, but your dream is big, man. So, any last words that you have for the listeners? That somebody, a younger Willie, uh, um, someone that, that is determined to get to to where you were and are today, and just being able to make their their dream become a reality. Man, Prince, you set it up. You definitely set it up for that. The one major thing that I would say, man, is do not allow anybody to put you in a box to, 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 to make your life small. Your life is huge. It's, 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 it's way more than you can even realize, you know, so to really go after your purpose, your dreams. And, you know, don't don't let anybody close you off or tell you what you can't accomplish, what you can't do and, and who you are. You know, because it's it's a lot more. It's way more than what you realize, and it's it's okay if you have to start over, if you have to make adjustments to do something different. Because you know, as long as you you follow, you know, your love and your purpose, your passion, and uh, and uh, continue to keep that vision in your mind, if and see it and feel it, you're you're going to get there. You're going to get there no matter what. So, uh, you know. You know, your 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 light is a lot lot bigger. and It's gonna shine a lot brighter than you realize. Ooh wee! Look, man, your light is a lot bigger and it's gonna shine a lot brighter than you realize. Look, R- Willie was an incredible son. His his father taught him a ultra high level of discipline, man. So now you understand why he's shining so bright. So that's what sons do whenever they listen to their fathers, man. So uh, I just want to tell you, thank you, Willie, so much for coming on our podcast, Ringside with Ray and Prince, man. We enjoyed you, your stories, your energy, 
And we want to make sure that our listeners get something out of this. You know, some of the takeaways I want to talk about um, is uh, one, suicide is real. So if you ever need some help, make sure that you call a hotline or reach out to people that have been through it. You know, they can help guide you uh, in, in, in a manner of you're, you are not able to see the things that you need to see because you have some blinders on because you are focused on the hurt that's within. So uh, a lot of times when, when, when we are disappointed, we fall into this dark space. So just remind yourself that there are people out here uh, in this world that are going through the same thing and they can help you out. All you have to do is just reach out. Another thing is, man, being able to see your vision through. Ooh, that was beautiful, man. Cause a lot of times we just let go of the vision. We, 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 we stop digging, you know, before we find that diamond. I know Ray talks about it all the time, man. So that's the one thing that people have to take away from this. And the last thing is just being able to breathe and, and believe in yourself and don't let nobody put you in the box, man. You know, and if they do, you know, let them know it's Christmas time. We're breaking out that box, baby. You know, <laughs> so, <laughs> so really, we appreciate you coming on the show, man. Thank you for your time and energy and your spirit, man. And as we always say, Ray, peace and power, y'all. I feel like busting loose, busting loose. Welcome to Transforming 45, the podcast that celebrates the incredible power of passionate voices. I'm your host, Lisa Boat. Join me in conversation with heart-led humans who share their deeply personal stories of transformation. Transforming 45 is here to uplift, connect, and remind you that it's never too late to write your next chapter. So get ready to be inspired, empowered, and transformed. Join me in this community where through powerful storytelling, we heal and reclaim our inherent magic. Hey there, fabulous souls. I'm Stephanie Baklaan. And I'm Eden Alpert. And we're the hosts of the brand new podcast, Unapologetically Fab. Get ready to join us on an amazing and real journey as we dive into life after 40 and own it. We're all about changing the narrative, leaning into who you are, and living a life by your own design. Join us as we embrace life unapologetically and redefine success. This is Unapologetically Fab. An electric cast production. See you there. Electric cast.